Watershed Voice, community-supported journalism. So, Alec, uh, I feel like a lot of our listeners uh, have probably asked themselves this question. Uh, I feel like I've never asked myself the question, and I'm betting you've never asked yourself the question. But I'm going to put it to you now. How do I know if I'm being a good mom? Well, I think the first qualifier there is, where are my kids? And can you answer that question? They don't exist. Wow. Wow. I mean... (laughs) Talk about parent of the year. You you just ignore them. Gotcha. Cool. (laughs) Uh, Listen, uh, we do not have video for this podcast, but if we did, I would be uh, doing the blinking phone number for child protection services right now. Doug apparently thinks his kids do not exist. That could be because he doesn't have any kids, but I just kind of want to see him, you know, go through the ringer. So, (laughs) (laughs) Alec, it is 11 o'clock. Do you know where your kids are? Um, Yes, I do. Uh, My fur children are downstairs, um, you know, being hellacious, I'm sure. Uh, So, you know, whatevs. But this is the long way of saying today we have a very very important guest maybe the most important guest a very tough booking too yes that we have ever and maybe ever will have on this podcast steph the goat high tree the greatest of all time the person who makes watershed voice go and um a person who can actually answer the question where are your kids right now? Steph, where are your kids? Um, Cadence is in her bedroom watching Dawson's Creek. And Nathan is downstairs in the dining room playing Fortnite. All right. Steph Hightree, uh, columnist, office manager, uh, gnome enthusiast, which we'll get to a little bit later. Um, and when I say enthusiast, that might actually be an undersell. So, Steph, parenting's tough. And... Um, not that Doug and I have any idea because we barely can get ourselves out of bed in the morning. Um, so my question for you is this, what has the last year been like being a parent? It's been difficult to say the least. Um, I have two children that are older, so they understand what a pandemic is more and they're scared. They're tired. They're ready to be back to normal. So that frustration that you talk about, um, you had to make a very difficult decision early on. Uh, Actually, I think it was at the beginning of this past school year as what you would do with your son, Nate. Um, Could you give a little background on that and why it was such a difficult decision? 
Yes. Well, to begin, Nathan is 10 years old and he is autistic and he has sensory processing disorder and he has a mild cognitive disorder as well. So he has some special needs that I cannot fulfill without being a teacher. Um, So he needs to be in school. He has routines that he follows that he doesn't like to deviate from. He needs to be with his specific peers and his teachers. And there's a different way to teach him than if you were in a typical classroom. So my struggle was, what do I do with him? Do I send him to school in a pandemic or do I keep him home and try and figure out and navigate how to teach him? Right. And there was a time there, if I'm remembering correctly, where basically you could decide to put him on all virtual um, or uh for some reason, the special needs children were allowed to actually go into the school. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Yes. So um, at that time, that was at the beginning of this school year um, because we started out 100% in person and then COVID cases started going up. So then we went down to all virtual However, they were allowing certain children, uh, mainly the special needs children, to go into the school and be taught by the teachers um, at the school. So I debated that for quite a while, and ultimately I decided to keep him home for that short period of time because I didn't quite understand if you were closing the school for COVID, why are you reopening it for specific children who might carry COVID or catch COVID or, you know. Yeah, exactly. So what has been, I mean, we talked about his sensory issues. Mm-hmm. I know that at the very beginning you were worried about masks. Um, how has that panned out? Um, honestly, beautifully. He, understands that he has to wear his mask. He understands that it's a safety precaution, um, not only just for him, but for other people. And he wears his mask like a champ, almost better than me. Um, He will wear it throughout the whole day. He doesn't, he only takes it off to eat his lunch and then he immediately puts it back on. And then sometimes when I pick him up from school, I'll get all the way home, which is about a 10 minute drive and not realizing, but he's still wearing his mask because he's so accustomed to it now that um, he just keeps it on all the time, which was very surprising to me. Given his sensory issues, I thought that would be a huge issue for us. So cadence, um, you know, starting to be a teen uh, now, um, she is about to make the jump. Um to high school. I believe she's in eighth grade right now. Correct. Yep. yep. What has this experience been like for her? And then what has it been like for you dealing with the issues that she may have had as a result of the shutdown and being away from her friends? And, you know, she's a very like social person. 
Yes. She has struggled more than anybody in our family. Um, She deals with some anxiety and she deals with some depression and it has gotten worse as the pandemic has been happening. She needs to be at school. She needs to be with her friends, her peers, her teachers. Um, She sees a counselor at school. So when she's not in school, she's not getting everything that she needs to help her cope with her depression and her anxiety. So myself also having some mental health issues on top of everything and being a mother and dealing with a pandemic have been struggling even more to deal with her because I have to keep myself going and ready to deal with any changes that may happen with this pandemic while also making sure that she is dealing well with them. So I guess piggybacking off of that, I'm a little surprised. I did. I, I, maybe I shouldn't throw this much shade, but it sounds like you're pretty happy with the overall mental health offerings from the school district. I feel like that's kind of unusual. Do they have a fairly good program? Um, they do. Right now they have a grant with, I believe it's a state grant, um, where they have an actual counselor in the school that is available for the students as much as they need it. And it's free of charge. Uh, which is very nice because I'm not sure if you're aware, but counseling is not cheap, (laughs) especially with private insurance. You don't get to go to specific places. Right. So I am very happy with that right now because of the grant. Um, My fear is, though, it only exists in the middle school. So she is going to be in the high school, and I don't believe they have that same type of option in the high school. So this would be a separate type of counseling, uh, different from the standard guidance counselor that most schools are going to find? Yes, yes. Yeah, and I mean, I think the biggest thing for Cadence is that she's dealing with a lot of things, like a lot of things are coming to her now that hadn't previously. So she's, so she's starting to figure things out about herself and about her mental health and the way she copes with things um, for the first time with the added weight of a pandemic and all that that entails. And I think that you've said previously, like, a big thing for her is getting out and doing things. And I know for a long time she um, did gymnastics Mm -hmm. and she recently decided to let that go. Um, What was that conversation like and how much do you think the pandemic played a part in that? Well, the conversation was very short. Um, She has For some background, she has been doing gymnastics since she was two and a half years old. Um, She was doing it weekly up until the pandemic started. And then all of the gyms were shut down. So she was not able to participate for close to a year. Well, when they were able to reopen, they were not able to reopen at 100% capacity. So they did not have all of the class offerings that they had in the past. So she decided to return She was placed in a class that was at a lower level than what she was at with younger children. So she was the oldest child in class. 
um, and she was doing skills that she already knew how to do. So she was getting a bit bored and it wasn't, mm-hmm. it didn't appear that it was actually helping her to grow her skills. So she decided on her own that she wanted to quit gymnastics, which I was very hesitant and worried about in the beginning because I knew how much she loved it. But she came to me with her argument and she had her reasons why she wanted to quit. And I couldn't make her go to something that she didn't enjoy anymore. So so we had that conversation and um, it... I was sad about it. I think I wrote a column about it, (laughs) but we got over it. And now she is starting something new in school. She's starting Color Guard, um, which I think is going to help her to take that spot for gymnastics. So you mentioned your columns. Um, Yes. So you write a column for Watershed Voice called Hashtag Mom Life. Um, and unlike Doug, uh, you are very consistent, uh, in your, uh, production and Doug, I just want you to know that every podcast, I'm going to fit that in until I get you writing again, because, you know, I could use the help buddy. Uh, but (laughs) Steph is, uh, yeah, Steph is prolific. Uh, she writes quite a bit almost every week. There's the occasional, um, you know, gap of like two weeks, but she writes about all things parenting. Um, and oftentimes that, that deals with like, you know, just trying to figure out like ways to deal with things you've never had to deal with before. Um, but one thing you've never had to deal with before is writing a weekly column. Like what has that experience been like? Because Doug and I went to journalism school. You did not, you just have like a natural knack, a talent, uh, for narrative. Um, so what is, what is that experience been like? And what's been like the pattern of growth? Well, it's, I don't want to say it's been easy because it hasn't been easy, but it hasn't been super difficult. Um, I get an idea in my head and I just run with it. Um, The first column I ever did was kind of funny how I came around to having that column ready was I was laying in bed at like 1230 and you had mentioned before, Alec had mentioned before that he wanted me to write something, but I was like, oh no, I am not a writer. There's no way I'm going to be able to commit to anything like that. But I was laying in bed and I was like, you know what, I'm going to just make some notes and see what comes of these notes. And so I made some notes in my notes section of my phone. And the next day I kind of looked over it again and then I sent it to you and I said, here, I think I have a column to go. And surprisingly, it was it was good. (laughs) (laughs) So. So, so I feel like a lot of, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I feel like a lot of your approach to the column, uh, is very, um, uh, a lot of candor, a lot of candidness, a lot of bluntness about, um, you know, maybe not the quite so glamorous side of, of the hashtag mom life, uh, sort of looking up through the social media age, I feel like there's two ways that parents, there's three ways really that parents approach their, 
their children online. Um, the first is just pretend they don't exist like my brother does. He wants his kids to have that social footprint when they're ready. Hopefully never. He's a big like, you know, stay off the grid type of person. Mm-hmm. The second is to be very realistic about about life and and tell the stories of the kids puking on you and and, you know, trying to poke the dog in the ear with a pen or something and all the weird stuff that goes on. And then the third one is to just really blatantly lie and try to convince all of us that your kid is the next Elon Musk or the next Rhodes Scholar. I hope not, by the way. uh, You're you're kind of in that second lane uh, telling the the real bald truth. Uh, Is that easy or is that something you kind of have to struggle to convince yourself to reveal some of this stuff? For me, it's very easy. Um, I have always been blunt. I have always told it like it is, I guess you could say. Um, I'm the oldest of six kids. So I have been babysitting since I was like nine years old, which now that I have a 13 year old, I can't even fathom a nine year old babysitting, but I love my mom. Her decisions were great. (laughs) So I have experience with taking care of children and Obviously, when you become a mom, it's much different than when you're just babysitting. But I feel like when I became a mom, my mother was very blunt with me and told me how things were really going to be. And she did not sugarcoat anything. And that's what I liked about it. And so that's what I hope that my column helps other people to know that being a mom is wonderful. It's the best job I've ever had. But it's also gross and frustrating and dirty and everything you can think of. As my, um, as the bottom of my column says, I tell the good, the bad, and everything else about moms. And that's what I hope that people are getting from my column. Well, and what I think I love most is that you're not just brutally honest about your kids. You're also brutally honest about yourself. Yes. And you, you paint a picture of, listen, I'm a hot mess and that's perfectly fine. Like it's okay. Life is messy. I'm messy. That doesn't mean I'm not a good mom. And like the realization and admitting that, you know, you don't always have it all together, I think is like a breath of fresh air because I think so many people like Doug um, mentioned uh, earlier, is so many people now in the world of Instagram and likes and shares, um, they want to put out an image out there that isn't necessarily true. Uh, You, on the other hand, are a person who says, hey, I'm, I don't, I don't really like it when my kids get sick because it makes me not that I like, I'm like, oh no, poor kid, because I am kind of. But really, when my kid pukes, it makes me want to puke, and I have to have my husband handle it because <laughs> I have uh, reached my quota in life of bodily fluids. Yeah. Um, and I love that about your column. Like, how do you, how do you, like you said before, you deal with like mental health issues and stuff, but you're brutally honest about like, that you're not perfect. Um, and is this sort of like therapeutic in a way, like writing this column, like processing all that information? It is. I, for many years, strived to be perfect. 
Um, I think everybody goes through that sort of phase. I wanted to please everybody. I wanted to be that perfect mother and that perfect wife. And I realized that I am far from it. And writing this column has helped me to put into words all the feelings that I have been feeling for a very long time. Um, But then it's also helped me to realize that it doesn't matter what people think about you or think about your parenting style or anything because everybody's different. It doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. You know, I obviously make mistakes as well, but I want to... I want to make sure that I myself know that my mistakes aren't the end of the world. And I think the column has definitely helped me to, um, to learn that about myself. So speaking of mistakes, what I want to know (laughs) is, is the, and we have titled it. uh, Well, I have titled it. Uh, Steph often says that she's aboard the hot mess express, Yeah, but I have used that to now name a recent purchase purchase that she made, um, <laughs> that I was like, Hey, you sure you want to do this? And, uh, she was like, yeah, I'm sure. Shut up, Alec. And I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you recently bought a camper, um, Tell us about that. Yes, yes. So my family has started camping. Um, Last year, we used a tent one time. And (laughs) And you're like, nah, I'm good. That's exactly our experience. After the one time of the tent, I was like, you know what? I need to start looking for a camper. Well, my uncle had a camper that we were able to use last year. So we stayed in that twice. And then... I started thinking that, you know, it's just a, it's so difficult to get everything all packed up and into the car. And I carried so much stuff. I couldn't even fit my kids in the car. So they had to ride with my parents in the motorhome when we went camping. So I thought, you know what, it would be nice to have a camper that I can just load up before we go. Everything's ready. And when we get there, we can just park it and have fun. So I went on the search to look for a camper. It took me months and months and months because they were selling so fast because apparently with a pandemic, it also means that you go camping instead of going and staying in a hotels. I just say that everybody I know, like everybody is talking about, I just bought a camper or I'm thinking about buying a camper. Do you guys have any tips on buying a camper? And I'm like, who has money to buy campers right now? Like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm sounding like Seinfeld right now. What's up with airline peanuts? You know? uh. (laughs) But there are two kinds of hobbies. There are the hobbies that COVID has killed. And then then there are hobbies that COVID has absolutely exploded. And, like, the markets are resurrected. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, because – and we talked about it before before we jumped on here. Um, Doug and I, both as kids, like, we camped. Um, And my parents had a pop-up camper. Same. And my dad used uh, like my dad is basically the MacGyver, um, <laughs> like the off-brand MacGyver. Like he just has always been very good at like figuring out how to make things work. And one of the things he did it, with a pop-up, most of the pop-ups, especially the older ones, you'd have to wind them up, like crank them up to get them mm-hmm. to pop up. Yeah. Well, my dad somehow finagled an air compressor um to wind it up 
Um, so he would just hit the button <laughs> and then within like, you know, five minutes it would be up and he wouldn't have to do a damn thing. Um, and Camping I, James Bond style. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, and my dad had a million different things like that. He just like, he was like, man, I have a problem and I need to fix it. Um, so I remember camping with my dad. Those are some of the best memories I have. Um, because my dad, like myself, we work a lot, probably too much. Um, and we didn't take many family vacations. Uh, like all three of us have something in common. We grew up like lower middle class. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, going on big trips was never in the cards. Um, so the only time we ever got to go anywhere or do anything was when we went camping. Um, and I think that's wonderful. And, you know, I give, I give, uh, I give Steph, um, shit about it, but it's probably just because I'm jealous. Number one. <laughs> and number two, um, I really have to ask this. What was more difficult finding your camper or trying to get the PS five for your husband leaf? Cause oh it, has been, it has been impossible. <laughs> oh my word. So finding the camper was much easier um, I found it on Facebook Marketplace. I drove an hour to go get it. This PS5, though, searching for this PS5 has been so stressful. I, I even subscribed to a PS5 tr Twitter tracker. <laughs> I just sends out tweets every time the PS5s are being sold anywhere they are. I have spent hours on Sony Direct trying to win the lottery to be able to buy one. I have refreshed Walmart.com like a thousand times. It's it's ridiculous. And my husband is so set on getting one, which is fine because I bought a camper. He can have a PS5. So wait, just real quick, just so we're clear. The camper was like $3,500 and... <laughs> You have been giving him crap about getting HBO Max for like $15 a month. So I'm going to be honest. I think maybe you should just give it to him. You know what I mean? <laughs> like The HBO Max? Oh, no. I know that you just did. Oh, and the only, well, but why, but why is the only reason you did? coming right back why because of the fire stick and where and where and your camper <laughs> this guy this poor dude leaf who works really hard works 60 hours a week this guy has just wanted hbo max so he can watch you know all the dc stuff on there right the snyder cut you know wonder woman what have you and she's been like oh, i don't know things are a little tight leaf um, and so finally, so finally, I think it was like this last week. Yeah, it was over the week. Because, and we'll get into this in a second. You have been slowly like building up your camper and now it's like your little cocoon. Um, and part of that is the entertainment center. Um, Steph is just as much into television as I am. Um, and Doug. Doug's very much into TV. Uh, but like where I where I side more movies, she goes way TV. Um, and she wanted to have that in the camper because she mentioned Nate and Cadence. Well, they want to go camping. They also need Wi-Fi. They need access to Wi-Fi. <laughs> 
So part of the package, I think, with the Fire Stick or whatever was you could get HBO Max. And finally, she was like, all right, since it's for the camper. (laughs) I'm really excited. Or all the, the comments from the camping purists who are just going to be furious that you're taking a TV <laughs> camping. And that's, that's what the campfire is supposed to be for. Yeah. Well, and not only am I taking the TV, it's been installed in the corner. So it's going to be there all the time. <laughs> it's not a portable TV anymore. Well, and you don't go camping, do you, Steph? What do you go? I go glamping. <laughs> <laughs> So, so far, my favorite part about yeah. this uh, podcast is the incredibly blatant overtures Alec is making because he really wants to be invited camping. <laughs> I have told him he can come. I have a space that him and Deborah can comfortably sleep, and we have a TV. We can watch TV. We can sit out by the campfire. It's just actually getting them to come. Right. Well, and the thing is, you have to find a weekend in which I'm not working or Deborah's not working or in which. How many people actually fit in this camper? Well, in my camper, it can sleep six. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I mean, I just got my second COVID shot and Deborah is currently battling her second one. She just got hers yesterday. And tomorrow, which this podcast will be published after, tomorrow, on my birthday, Steph Hytree is getting her second shot, her second Pfizer shot, and I am driving her there. Happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday to me. But yeah, um, <laughs> Doug is correct. Um, I'm going to need you to take me camping. But with that said... The only way I'm going to do it is if we cook breakfast over the fire every morning because oh, there is yes. nothing better. There is nothing better in the world than waking Literally up. Literally nothing. Nothing. And smelling that campfire and smelling the coffee being brewed over it mm-hmm. and then like the eggs and the – oh, get out of here. I'm drooling. I know. I know. Um, so we're going to have to make that happen. Now, Steph, how can folks – like contact you to uh, shower you with praise about how great your column is. Um, well, I have an Instagram for my. <gasps> yeah. It's I need more followers. So go to Instagram, follow my Instagram, please. What is it called? It is called mom life hashtag mom life. But the actual Instagram is mom life Two. Because Mom Life One was already taken. <laughs> I'm super original. Yeah, I get that. I get that. And a number one. Yes. The picture is a wonderful picture that has a mom with pink hair that we got designed early on by our watershed voice designer. Shout out Emma. Mm-hmm. Um, I have 53 followers, so I would love to get to 54 followers by the end of this podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, and Doug and I already follow. 
So yes, yes. But I don't think the watershed or the I don't think the keep your voice down Instagram follows. So I'll have to remedy that as soon as we're. Oh yeah, yeah. probably hashtag mom. So you get to be fifty five listeners. Yes. <laughs> oh, and um, I know that I I think Doug picked up on that, but I'm going to do it again, and this is directed at Doug. Hey, number one. Hey, number two. Thank you. Uh, we have been stay uh, off my sitcom references on the podcast corner. That's my thing. Like, I know it is, and it's Scrubs is we had a negotiation. Show, Whenever I watch Scrubs, I go, Doug, Doug. <laughs> well, and see, the thing is, Doug thinks he's Turk, and he probably thinks I'm JD, but it's just not true. <laughs> the only thing I know for sure is I'm no Superman. Ooh, and on that note, <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, I mean, usually I'm the one with the good segues, but Doug's bringing his A-game today. I enjoy that. So, Steph, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a great podcast. I think listeners will agree. And I just want to thank you for everything you do for Watershed Voice. You're our office manager. You're our social media director. You are our columnist. um, And you keep me uh, fully stocked in caffeine and um sugary foods i shouldn't eat uh because i'm diabetic and i can't thank you enough because without you yes exactly exactly i'm turk um so with that being said we can't wait to have you on again we'll uh maybe we'll even talk about some tv Uh, i know doug and i are always down for that um so again thank you thank you for having me it's been fun all right Well, on that note, Doug, Steph, stay safe. Do you just feel like there is no air left to breathe? Do you just wanna to be left outside the grave? It's all for sure. I didn't know. I wonder what it meant to be.